This podcast is brought to you by jewishpodcasts.org. Start your very own podcast today at jewishpodcasts.org. I got near Shabbos, hope everyone is well. This week we read Parshas Devarim, we open up the final of the fifth, the final and fifth Sefer of the Chamishi Chum Sefer Devarim. And Sefer Devarim is known by the Mepharshim, by Chazal, as Moshe Rabbeinu's rebuking, Moshe Rabbeinu's Muslim, Moshe Rabbeinu's educating, Moshe Rabbeinu's final words before he leaves this world and leaves us. And he gives us every parasha we're going to see, we're going to learn. He gives us sage advice to live by, not just for the generation of the Midbar, but for every generation, for every time, for every time in Jewish history, the words of Moshe Rabbeinu, the advice the Musr, the Toichicha, the rebuking, all of it is going to be helpful and useful in all times, in all situations in Jewish history. And this week's parasha, Maishu Rabbeinu, teaches us, and he educates us in rule number one. Rule number one, Maishu Rabbeinu teaches us about Musr, is sometimes you have to be careful in how you deliver Musr. Sometimes you can't be so strong with people. You can't be in your face. You can't be so tough. Maishu Rabbeinu told us when he gives Musa to us in the opening psukim, you read through the psukim, you ask, where's the Musa? Where's the rebuke? And Rashi tells us, it's all hidden. It was done Biramiza. Instead of outwardly saying, you flawed, you made a mistake, you terrible people. Maishu Rabbeinu kept it very secretive. He hinted it to them. He mentioned the word Zahav, and that triggered in the mind of the people, Zahav, gold, oh, Ega, oh, we realize we made a mistake. And the Mepharshim tell us that Moshe Rabbeinu is teaching us it is so important. When you want to reach people, when you want to motivate them, not always will they be inspired when you talk down to them. They won't, they won't want to get better when you yell and scream at them and put them down and make them feel like they don't count. But you have to get the point across in a very subtle but very careful way. I like to label it the art of Musr, the art of rebuke. It's not a simple thing. You have to be so careful how you say the words you use. The tone that you use, the sentences that you decide to choose are so integral to how the message will be or perhaps won't be received. And Moshe Rabbeinu teaches us rule number one when it comes to rebuking. is You have to be very careful. Take other people's feelings into consideration. Don't just blast them and yell and scream at them and point out all their flaws and all their shortcomings. Try to relay the message in the most calmest way in a way where they don't feel bad about themselves in a way they don't walk away thinking about themselves that they're less than everyone else that they don't they're not deserving that there's something wrong with them <clears throat> point out the flaws point out the mistakes and let them ultimately realize it on their own this is so true when it comes to parenting we always tr- struggle with how exactly to advise or how to perhaps even rebuke our children. We never know exactly how is it going to be received, in what way will it be received the most, in what way will it be accepted. So sometimes you have to be bluntly clear with them, but if you don't have to, if you, sometimes you can make the hint and they'll get it, they'll understand, without having to replay every detail, but having to go through it again, and having them suffer again, and feel that terrible remorse that they went through the first time. If we can get away with just getting the message across without having to relive all of the events. Maishu Rabbeinu teaches us in this week's parasha that's sometimes more effective. And sometimes the greatest, the greatest tool that we use to give Muslims is not to push it. 
Don't stuff it down their throat. Don't keep on bringing at it. Keep on going at it. You say your piece. You say your, your two cents. And let it drop while it will drop. And we can't force people. We can't make people see things the way we want. We can try our best. <coughs> we can present our argument. But we can't stuff it. We can't force it. Because they will, in that case, run the opposite direction from what we have to say. It's an amazing story. It's so popular it became even a song. It's one of the songs that are sung today about a family that had struggled with a child who was having his own issues with Yiddishkeit. He was struggling with various issues in Yiddishkeit. His connection to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, he fell in with the wrong group, fell in with the wrong gang of, of boys. And slowly, slowly over time, he started to drift and drift and drift to the point where he was no longer keeping Shabbos, was no longer keeping Kashrus. He wasn't even living the life of a religious Jew. And his parents had to make a decision that he can no longer stay in the home. Because he's bringing down his siblings. He's a negative influence on his younger siblings. So his parents not easily had to explain to him that I'm sorry, we love you. The door is always open to you, but I'm sorry, we can't have you living here. You're having a negative influence on the children. But the parents made it very clear to the son, we want to keep a connection. The door is always open. Whenever you're ready to come, please just come. And one day the father calls him up. This is after weeks and months of... No real connection. The father calls off the son and says, Please, you know, I want to go to the keva of a certain Rebbe. Just come with me. We'll just say to him, we'll daven, that he should be able to help whatever's going on. Just come. No questions asked. No Muslim speech. I'm not putting you down. I'm not pointing at your floor. Just come. Come with me. Let's just go. We're going to say something to him at the keva of the Rebbe. And the boy really had no interest in going. He really had plans that night with his friends. They were all going to go out, hit the town. But for some reason he told his father, okay. And they went together to go daven at the cavern of a certain gadol. And they daven, they both say to Hillel, and they both have a lot going on emotionally, but there's no words exchanged. No one is really talking about his flaws, your flaws, your mistakes, my mistakes. Just the, the message is always a message of love. The door is always open. We're always here for you. On the way back from this trip, this boy who's been off the derech, so to say, gets a phone call. And he finds out that his friends that he was scheduled to go with were in a terrible, terrible car crash, a head-on collision. None of them survived that trip. And if he would have been with them on that trip, he would have never seen another day. And this began his path back to Yiddishkeit, slowly but surely, building his way back to Yiddishkeit. Because his parents never forced him. They never shoved it down his throat. They never said, it's my way or the highway, I'm cutting you off. No, the door is always open. We're still keeping that connection. We're willing to work. We're willing to hear. We're willing to discuss. It's such an important message. It's not always easy. But sometimes we just have to understand that our message is not going to get given over any clearer if we say it over and over again. If we become a broken recorder, it's not going to be heard better. Sometimes we have to say our piece and let it drop while it may drop. But there's another essential lesson that Moshe Rabbeinu teaches us in this week's parasha. Perhaps more of a parenting lesson. Or may I say a parenting appreciation. Moshe Rabbeinu who comes to the Jewish people in the beginning of the parish, he says, I want to promise you, I want to bless you that you're going to be blessed 1,000 times fold. You're multiplying by 1,000. And the Jewish people complain to Moshe Rabbeinu and they say, you're shortchanging us. Why so little? Why only 1,000 times? Why not more? Moshe Rabbeinu gives an interesting response. Moshe Rabbeinu says, you're right. That's my bracha. Hashem will give you much more. So the Chsam Sefer explains what was this conversation, what was Moshe Rabbeinu thinking, and what was the response of the Bnei Yisrael, and the Chsam Sefer says something amazing. The Chsam Sefer says Moshe Rabbeinu was testing the Jewish people. 
When he tells the Jewish people, you're going to multiply, you're going to have a lot of children, what was their initial response to hearing that? Was their response going to hear, oh, fantastic, children, I could put them to work in the farm. Children, tax deduction. Children, will get my slippers for me. Children, I'll send them to the store for me. They'll all be here to serve me. That's their entire purpose in this world. Was that going to be the attitude of the Jewish people? The attitude of the Jewish people is, ah, children, the ability to be Mekadosh Shemayim. Children, the ability to do mitzvahs and to be, and to give nachas, not to me. Nachas HaKadosh Baruch children who will do Torah and mitzvahs and produce another generation. What would be the Jewish people's response to children? said like this, if, if they were only in it for the money, so when I tell them they're going to have a thousand times, that's plenty children to take out the garbage, that's plenty children to do all the dirty work, they should have been happy. But when they, Bnei Yisrael came to me and said, no, we want more, because Bnei Yisrael understood the importance of children. Children are not merely someone that we do for social purposes, they're not merely something that we have to help us around the house, they're there because they're here, so we can continue Klal Yisrael, so we can have Bonim, children, grandchildren, great-grandchildren, living a life of Torah, and ultimately being Nachas Ruach Takadish Baruch It's a whole new outlook of the society that we live in. Obviously in the Orthodox society, we have larger amounts of children than perhaps the rest of the world. But we have to remind ourselves, why? What are we doing this for? We're doing this because we want to be married in the world. We want to realize that each child, every boy and every girl, is a vehicle to bring Kavit Shemayim, not to the Kavit Shemayim, not, not to the parents. We often forget, we look at our children as their Nachas machines. You know, put in a quarter and produce Nachas for me. It's not why they're put into the world so they can bring us Nachas. They're not put into the world so they can serve us. They're put in the world so they can serve HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And we can give them all the tools and the abilities and the capabilities and all that they need so they can serve HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And be a nachas ruach takadish baruchu. Make Hashem proud. Be Hashem's army, not about us. It's a whole new, a whole new value that we have for our children and the youth of Klai Yisrael. Baruch Hashem, Klai Yisrael is a nation that rebuilds and rebuilds. As we think about Tisha B'av, it's not far off now. Tomorrow is technically the ninth day of Av on the calendar. We're going to commemorate Tisha B'av on Sunday, Mitzvah Hashem. But one of the things we think about over over Tisha B'av is the loss of children. 1.5 million children lost in the Holocaust. So many children lost during the Khurban. So many children lost during the Crusades. And we reflect on it. And it makes us realize how important the next generation is. How lucky we are, those that have the ability, the achrayis, to be mechanech children, to raise children, to educate children, grandchildren, great-grandchildren. We're continuing Am Yisrael. It's not about our legacy. It's not about what they can do for us, but rather what we can do for them and in return what they can do for HaKadosh Baruch Hu gives us a new appreciation, a new outlook. So as you read Parshas Devarim this week, on, on Tisha B'av, on the day of Tisha B'av, we think about how we need to be so careful and how we rebuke each other, how we rebuke those around us, how we can improve those around us, how we can build relationships instead of destroying relationships, as well as appreciating and valuing the next generation of Klai Yisrael, the future generations of Klai Yisrael, not because there are glory, but to HaKadosh Baruch Hu's glory. And Mr. Shem, we should be zeichet to, to see Bonim Ubnei Bonim, Doirei Doiris of Yiddish Anachas. It's the greatest privilege anyone can have is to see Yiddish Anachas, children, grandchildren, great-grandchildren, many Doiris going in the ways of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. We should be zeichet. We should all be zeichet to see that. We should be zeichet to bring Nachas Ruach to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. But more than anything, we should work on fixing all our relationships. Those in our homes and outside of our homes, our neighbors and our friends distant co-workers. And by doing so, we should really stop and think about 
how we can improve and how we can work on Sinas Chinam. How we can build relationships instead of tearing them down. Mr. Shem, that's us. We have a few hours left. Maybe this year we can get away and not have a Tisha B'Av. Not No reason to cry. No reason to be sad. But instead the day will be turned over to a Yom Tif, like it will be, Mr. Shem. We should be Zaycha with the B'nai Banim, generations of Klai Yisrael, Yiddish and Nachal. We should be Zaycha to see and to greet. Mashiach's arrival, Mehebi Yameinu. Have a wonderful Shabbos.